Hi, my name is Amanda Panacea, and you're listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. This is a community for self-healers, biohackers, practitioners, and any other helping professionals. You're in the right place if you're seeking conversations about how pain becomes passion, the connection between physical, energetic, mental, and our spiritual self, finding your body's ancient wisdom, the latest biohacking technologies, clinical research, and if you just want to nerd out about complex biochemistry and quantum physics. But this is also for entrepreneurs who seek infinite abundance and a supportive community. So pour a cup of King Coffee or Sistus Tea and let's join the revolution. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Healer Revolution podcast. I am your host, Amanda Panacea, and I am thrilled today to introduce one of my friends, Oksana Kalibnik. She herself went through a healing journey after she started to burn out at her corporate job and was later diagnosed with a slew of medical issues such as adrenal fatigue, estrogen dominance, panic attacks, chronic pain, histamine intolerance, and eczema. But she knew before she could heal physically that she had to heal the emotional wounds, such as abandonment issues, people-pleasing, self-devaluation, and many others. She has training and experience working one-on-one with people as a health and life coach. She's trained in hypnosis, and she's also an NLP practitioner, trained in psychosomatics, German new medicine, recall healing, polyvagal theory, and the safe and sound protocol, as well as inherited family trauma training. She has a really unique and inquisitive attitude towards health and wellness, and I know that you'll really enjoy our conversation. So let's start the revolution. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Healer Revolution. My name is Amanda Panacea, and I am super excited to have one of my friends, Oksana Kolibnik, on the show today. So hello, Oksana. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to to be on your podcast, and congratulations with your podcast. Thank you. And I'm super excited to have you on because you have a very unique story, a very unique approach to working with clients that I think is very different than what I've ever seen before and what kind of floats around my social media circles. And I found you from another podcast and I just felt like you have such an amazing brain, like putting different modalities together and certain theories. And I'm just really excited to hear your whole story and how you got here. Yeah, I do believe that I have a different, a little bit of a different approach. And I do combine a couple of modalities, including German new medicine and hypnosis. And um, I'm also certified health coach. And um, I would love to share the story how I got here. Yeah, go for it. Be as detailed and lengthy as you want. (laughs) (laughs) So about six to seven years ago, I started working uh, as a car salesperson. And I don't know if you're familiar with the car salesperson, but they're very pushy, meaning that they have to sell. So I was um, very good at it. I loved it. I loved my job. And I worked a lot of hours and um, I became number one salesperson, which kind of had a lot of responsibility to it because I didn't want to 
next month, I didn't want to lose that position. So I would put a lot of pressure on myself. I did not pay attention to how I eat and how I sleep. So sometimes I would eat once a day, which uh, would be considered as intermittent fasting, I'm thinking. (laughs) So I don't do that anymore, by the way. You know, sometimes I would, on my days off, I would also come in to work. And so I would sometimes work 10 days in a row. So um, about two and a half years later, I burned out um, completely. I quit my job within six or seven months. And shortly after, within a couple of months, I've developed panic attacks. So when I developed panic attacks, I started going into researching a little bit more in detail what happened to me, because for about a month, I didn't leave the house at all. So I would be so scared to even open the door and go outside. Um, and, And I had a question Uh, in my head always, it was how come yesterday I was able to do this and today I'm no longer able to to leave the house because I'm frightened. So throughout this research that I was doing, I actually met, I heard about Matt and uh, that's where you um, heard the first time about me, right? On Matt's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So One question that I was asked recently that I thought was interesting was because it's clear that I would burn out during that lifestyle that I, that I was living. But one question that I think it opened my eyes a little bit was why did I choose to live like that? Why was I a high achiever? Why would I not eat Uh, breakfast just because my client was waiting for me and I didn't take time for myself. So also after we did that, the scan uh, with you and, and you can explain what that scan is a little bit in more details. Um, And you said that, I mean, the scan showed that I had, you know, I resonated with Lyme that also explained to me, which makes sense. So in German new medicine, uh, Lyme is related to separation conflict. And uh, my mom passed away when I was 19 years old. So that would totally make sense. The interesting thing, what I wanted to point out was that I actually wasn't paying attention that I was going through all of these things, through all of this grief and sadness and all of this emotional emotions I was going through, I was just pushing harder and harder. So actually after that scan, um, I started to remember a little bit more about my uh, symptoms that I had throughout those years when I was working at the dealership. And towards the end of me working there, I was gasping for air. I remember I was out once with friends and I remembered this only now because I chose to blow to block that back then as it was not acceptable for me. How can I feel like this? So I remember that I was in Santa Monica um, by the beach because I used to go every day to the beach to breathe. I guess at that time I thought I needed iodine <laughs> because of the water. <laughs> so um, I remember that I, I had to bend over all the way to the ground because I couldn't breathe anymore. So that was, I guess that was it. That's, that was the time when I just, I had to quit because I couldn't work anymore. 
just to sum up some of the things you were mentioning, the gasping for air, that is a that can be a symptom of Borrelia, which is Lyme. And the scan she's referring to is the Balanced Health Bioenergetic Scan, which I, um, I had the owner, Samantha, on the very first episode. So you can refer back to that episode if you want to learn a little bit more about what the scan is. Um, and yeah, so you were working at the car dealership, you were having all these symptoms, probably from suppressing the, the emotional stuff from your mother's death. And then how did you start to work on your health and decide you were going to like work with people, get certified in certain things? How did that whole process unfold? So if you hear meowing, that's from my cat and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> no about worries. It. Um, so after I quit my job and I started, uh, I, I had the panic attacks, I started to, um, I actually went to the doctor before that. And uh, the doctor said that I was absolutely fine. And my tests showed, my tests were great. I just couldn't understand how come, you know? So I thought, okay, if the doctor says I'm fine, that means I'm fine. But then with the panic attacks, I, and me being home all day, so I started doing some research. I understood that I don't have enough. Let's say I find something interesting, but I don't have enough knowledge where I can't find enough information. So I went into what I thought would be helpful. I went into studying health coaching. So I thought that if I study health coaching, then I will have more information about health, uh, which wasn't necessarily the case. It was great. It was a uh, you know, it was great learning that, but I still didn't get my answers that I was looking for. Um, then I studied um, everything I could about Dr. Ben Lynch and uh, genetics, right? dirty genes. That also was very helpful, but somehow I would get better. And I was taking some supplements and that was, uh, you know, I was getting better, but not good. Like I would just go back into feeling the way I felt like I'm very confused. The panics would not stop. So I would have panic attacks. I would continue having panic attacks. So long story short, I found out about uh, German new medicine and German new medicine just mapped out all the, so to say symptoms and what emotion they are related to. So I looked into what emotions can be related to panic attacks or what unresolved emotions can be related to panic attacks, to histamine intolerance. So I started with allergies because I, would, I used to break out every day. And uh, it came to a point where um, I, I was eating very minimal fruits and vegetables, only cucumbers, rice, chicken, and that's it, because otherwise I would just um, have rashes and, you know, all of the symptoms for of histamine and even sulfur intolerance. So based on German new medicine, I worked on the feelings that I had in regards to separations and breakups. Actually, my, my allergies were related to a very, very hard breakup I went through a couple of years before. And um, I worked on that and my, my uh, allergies stopped. So I'm actually free of allergies right now since then. So I thought, okay, so if I could do that, let me work on other 
things, you know, then I realized that I could actually help other people because it helped me. We worked on some allergies with you, right? <laughs> How oh, did yeah. that go? <laughs> well, funny story. There's uh, There was a leak in my apartment for who knows how long, and they pulled out the uh, dishwasher and tons of mold <laughs> back there. <laughs> and I'm okay. So my allergies are just light years better. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent perfect skin, but you and I did some work on my bunny rabbit because I'm super allergic to fur too. And that one goes very, very deep. I think we should probably work on it again. Cause I've been allergic to furry animals since I can't remember. And I'm still pretty frightened to pick him up and play with him, but I did pick him up. I didn't get any hives. Uh, I actually washed him after you and I spoke the last time, like got him in the bath, gave him a, gave him a huge bath, soap, everything. And I haven't been able to do that in years. I've been making my boyfriend do it and I didn't get any hives. So I don't want to push it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lot better, but you know me, I do like, I've done so, so many things surrounding allergies and mast cells. So it could be that hopefully. <laughs> Right. I know that you can't say exactly that the session that we did helped yeah. and that's the only thing that helped. And I, and I, I actually think it shouldn't be like that. Like there's no one thing that will help, right? Like there's right. a couple of things because we are so complicated. There's so many things are going on in our bodies and in our minds that whatever helps, you know? So for example, uh, German new medicine, for me, it was an eye opener, but then there's tapping. There's other modalities that can open your eyes to, to kind of the same thing of how powerful our minds are. And not only in changing something, but also in inducing something, right? So for example, they say that there's a theory, there's a theory that uh, people are not afraid of panic attacks uh, they are afraid of that feeling they experienced in the first panic attack. So the second panic attack is a fear to experience the same feeling you experienced in the panic attack. So it's almost like I created that fear myself, right? And I'm taking I'm taking responsibility for what I'm saying because I it starts with you taking responsibility. Uh, it starts with me. Let me rephrase it towards me. It starts with me taking responsibility for what happens to me in that moment with a panic attack in order to change the direction of the panic attacks. So in order for me to heal from panic attacks, I had to say, stay with myself and say, I can change it. I can do it because I, I'll, I'll take control of my feelings and emotions and um, I'll redirect it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's a big theme that I see like with brain retraining and somatic work and any kind of like psychological inner child work is giving yourself that feeling of safety in whatever that moment is. And then um, taking responsibility and being an adult about it. Like, I'm responsible for this and I can handle it. It's just like life-changing to some people. 
Right. It definitely was life changing to me because I, mm-hmm. I used to say, oh, my boss is pushing, my boss is demanding. Oh, my, I don't know, my roommate is too noisy. My friends are annoying. I just want to say to my friends who's listening, I never said that. I'm just saying as an example. <laughs> uh, and now I can say for sure that I am responsible for what I'm feeling. You know, if my boyfriend gets on my nerves, I have the choice to turn around unless I don't have the choice to turn around and leave. Right. But in my case, in my situation, I do have the choice. I can turn around and leave and, and quit that situation where I'm forced to feel in a certain negative way, you know? So I don't want to sound like I'm triggering anybody. There's different situations. And I understand there's more, much more complicated situations where actually people do not have a choice to leave, you know? But even in that choice, what I learned in German New Medicine, that um, even in situations like that, you could be able to change your perception about a situation. And Actually, this is what happens a lot of times when people block their emotions because they don't want to feel what they feel. So they choose to block it, completely block. And, then, and that's when that's, uh, that's the people who don't feel their feelings. They don't feel their emotions because they choose to block them because they're too strong to be felt. Yeah. So let's, let's go back to like German New Medicine again, because it's just such an it's such a unique concept. (laughs) The first time I heard it, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Um, but you're right. I think we're all just so complex and there's often more to it than that, but correct me if I'm wrong. So the founder or the inventor, the discoverer of German new medicine, he, he got cancer. I think a couple months after his son had died from being murdered And he was like, there has to be a connection here. And I believe he did brain scans on himself and started studying people with cancer. Is that correct? Yes. And he started questioning um, those people that he was doing the scans on. And so he started seeing um, something similar that they all had a, a similar um, emotion, um, or situation happening to them sometime before they were diagnosed. So for example, in his case, he has, he had, uh, testicular cancer and, um, he noticed that other people with cancer had, um, lost their pet or lost their parent. So he started making connections. And then on the brain scans, he was noticing like they had a similar pattern, like in a certain area or something like that. Yes, exactly. In a certain area. So the way I like to explain this, and I explained this in Matt's podcast, I talked about adrenals and how the adrenals react to a certain situation. So thanks to his research um, in German new medicine, then now we can tell 
for example, adrenals are related to this and the gallbladder is related to territory and adrenals is related to, uh, there's actually two conflicts in adrenals. One is stress that's prolonged. So somebody can be in a very prolonged stress through many years. And the second is getting on the wrong horse. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this explanation uh, because it's so funny. It's getting on the wrong horse. What does it mean? It means that is, is exactly what I um, went through at the dealership, that I was very successful in the job that I loved, but didn't see myself doing for the rest of my life. So I kind of was pushing, pushing hard and I knew that I don't want to do this forever, but I didn't know what I wanted to do kind of thing. So that, that this, this conflict would affect the adrenals because they would have to work um, over time to produce all the um, cortisol and adrenaline to kind of fuel this thought in my head, you know, of what I want to do. Because I have to work on two lines so to say, right? One is what I want to do. And the other one is what I'm actually doing. So all, both of these are draining my energy simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've always been a like burn the candle on both ends type of person as well. And for me, when I think of the adrenal fatigue and that concept too, I also think of like, it's forcing you to slow down <laughs> when you go through that. And, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an artist and, you know, then life happens and you go to college and you're like, I don't think I'm going to make any money doing that. So you're kind of always wondering, like, I didn't get to get on the right horse. Like that wasn't what my dream, that wasn't what my soul wanted, my child wanted. So I think you can make like the German new medicine concepts incredibly like abstract. <laughs> Right. Um, and I wanted to say that you are a great art artist. I saw your paintings and they're amazing. <laughs> and in regards to um, the adrenal fatigue and crashes, right? Because a lot of people with adrenal fatigue would crash. Um, and this is exactly why to slow you down so you can redirect, right? It's like, wait, so you want to paint? All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll slow you down and then you can redirect. But what we choose to do, we do not redirect. We usually, most of the times, we just keep pushing, keep, keep getting up and going to, to the dealership and working hard uh, while my dream uh, is somewhere by me, next to me, but I can't touch it, you know? And I'm kind of feel this even longing of um, sadness and grief of who I could have been if or what I could have done if I, if I took that direction. So um, when I work with people that experience this kind of symptoms, I try to find a way to make them understand that if you're not going to be, so let's take you, for example, if you're not going to be fulfilling your dream of becoming a, a painter, an artist, right? then you have to come to an agreement with yourself that you are okay with that. So that doesn't sit in the back of your mind, dra draining your energy 
and taking all uh, taking so much of your of you right of so much of your thinking and creating this other conflicts that come with it for for like grief and and whatever so um, and this is the part that's the most challenging is how do you how do you actually convince yourself right and um, this is where all the other modalities that I studied in order to understand how I can pe- how I can help people do this. It's almost like you are in a negotiation with yourself. It's you at the table negotiation negotiating with yourself, coming to terms with yourself that I will not be mm, sad about that side of story or you can you can say all right so if i'm not going to be a full-time artist i can do it as a hobby and i can dedicate two hours of uh, two hours a week to this so then your body can relax right and you can feel that your body says all right then that's good and sometimes you will sight in agreement which means that your nervous system says ah i'm relaxed now and uh your adrenals uh, could probably um, stop working over time. I'm not saying it's that easy, but this is the concept of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think something else really fascinating about German new medicine is that your symptoms are a healing phase. And then us as people, we look at it like something's wrong, like we need to fix it. And we often interrupt that whole healing phase, which then causes new conflicts and then prolongs everything. And, you know, we take medicine or we take supplements and with German new medicine, the, they basically want you to do nothing (laughs) and just write it out. Right. Or just support your symptoms. And, and we can see that um, even, even the regular medicine, (laughs) regular medicine um, kind of agrees with that is that um, antibiotics used to be the thing for everything, right? You would just feel some symptoms, any symptoms, and you would just be prescribed antibiotics. And now they come to understanding that this is killing your microbiome and it's not a good thing to kill your microbiome. And this is what Germany medicine said from the very beginning that, you know, the microbes, they help and they're always there, you know, and they just help you, right? So with that being said, um, I think you're absolutely, I mean, you're right, because that's what the, the, the German new medicine says. Yeah, interesting. You know, I feel like when you first learn about it, your, your first instinct is to be like, oh, okay, well, what about this situation? What about chronic situations? <laughs> like, what about this illness? What about this chromosomal disability, like how does that show up in German new medicine? Right. So with the (laughs) chronic situations, so for example, um, let's say, let's take, for example, an abstract bone pain, which would be a self-devaluation conflict. Self-devaluation conflict looks something like I'm not able to, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know what to do, right? I'm self-devaluating myself. So self-devaluating myself. <laughs> so with, um, and, and I, I've had this um, for a couple of years. I had bone pain and 
it would always be there until I worked on stopping this inner chatter about how I'm not able to do this or how I'm not um, strong enough, you know? So then when that stopped, the bone pain stopped. Wow. So in a chronic situation, and I can only say the things that I've experienced, right? In a chronic situation, are you in the same type of thinking mentality over and over again for, for as long as I've, uh, you've had this chronic problem? So for 20 years, for 20 years, are you suffering from uh, separation from somebody, right? Like, can you, have you, at, at any po- moment, did you let go of, let's say, uh, and let me redirect that to myself. At any, when did I let go of my mom passing away? When? And um, I can say that I let, I actually let go of it, of it, of this pain recently in, I would say within two years only. But until then, I thought I, I let go, but what actually happened was I blocked it. So blocking it from my awareness doesn't mean it's not in my body. That conflict is still there. That separation conflict, Lyme, is still there for me, right? So once I let go of it, once I um, heal, really heal to a point where I can actually have a conversation about my mom without crying, I'm actually feeling healed from it, then that's when that would stop. So that's when that chronic thing will stop. Got it. Yeah. And so how on earth do you let it go? (laughs) This is kind of of a question on like the other trainings that you have and and other like modalities that you bring in. Yes. And also something that I, I ask myself is, she passed away when I was 19, that's 16 years ago. And for 16 years, do I want to remember that day? Because that's what I, I used to remember, right? If somebody would ask something about my mom, the first thing that would I see, in, the first image that I would see um, in my mind's eye would be that last day, the day when I found out that she passed away. And, and that... Um, you know, that incredibly hard day for me with that pain. So all of that would immediately flood in my body that day. I would feel it all over again, as if I'm hearing um, that person who told me she, she has passed again right now, right? So I, I, I'd ask myself, do I want that or do I want to remember the times when she would saw little skirts for me when I was six, seven years old and, and she would send me to school in this completely new outfit that she, she'd made overnight for me, you know? And do I want to remember her smile and how loving she was towards me? So if my answer is, for me, was clear, that's what I want to remember then I have to to do everything possible in order to change my brain 
from having that picture, bringing that picture forward of the day when I found out she passed and bring the, the picture of what I want to remember her when I'm asked about her, uh, the positive picture forward. Because I will never forget what happened, right? But what do I want to, to live with? I want to live the rest of my life thinking about her in a light way or that she passed and I'm sad. So it's everybody's choice. And, you know, with the other modalities like hypnosis, that's, that's when we work, like the things that we did with you in session, when we put you in a situation that happened that you wanted to change. So then if you want, you can share of how that goes or, or how that feels from your perspective, from a, so to say, client's perspective. Yeah. So of course my notion of hypnosis was like the TV and the movies <laughs> when they use the pendulum and you fall into a trance and then they, the person guiding you can make you do whatever you want. But for me, it was more so just a very relaxed um, meditative state. And this is why I wanted to work with you because um, I have a really hard time like listening to the cues for my body because I shut all that down a long time ago. I'm one of those people that I didn't want to feel it. I couldn't feel it. I didn't have space to feel it. So I just didn't learn how to not. And then what you actually do is you kind of guide those like physical, emotional states. Like you were mentioning the feeling when your mom died, like feeling it all over. So you know, you asked me to describe or feel how it feels to go into those allergic reactions um, or that state of like fear when you're very small, the first time something maybe really bad happens. And you guided me back to ages. Like, how do you feel it at this age? 36, 35, 34. And we went back until I felt that little like ping and it was pretty difficult for me to do it. I feel like I got better at it <laughs> as we did more, but it was something as subtle as like my heart started racing or I got like a weird feeling of tension somewhere. And then once we got back to a certain age, when an event happened, what was also equally very hard for me was to ignore memories and just focus on the feeling. And um, instead of focusing on memories, just focusing on that feeling and then um, working through and giving that maybe especially like that childhood version of yourself safety. And so basically to me, I felt like it was erasing or washing away the original feelings of that nervous system ping or that maladaptive coping mechanism that I developed from ignoring things or shutting things down and replacing it with safety and love and the ability to like feel and listen. And yeah, it was, it was very enlightening. I've never done anything like that before. And I feel like it was very helpful, especially for um, some of the, the weird childhood stuff that you may not have memories for, because you're really not supposed to have memories or you're, you're I guess you're, you want to not use the memories more so use the body as a guide. Right. And in regards to feeling, 
um, it's it's an interesting story. I remember when I was practicing some of the modalities that I studied with my uh, with uh, the other students in class. Um, I remember we were very going fast into feeling, right? Yes, I feel, I feel. I'm here. I'm you know I'm in tuned. I'm feeling. And then when I started working with clients, I realized that that's a completely different reality because I went there knowing that I'm going to learn to feel. So I was right away, I was open to feeling, right? And all of the other students were open to feeling. Um, But then I see, I would say 70% of people um, that I worked with, they actually choose not to feel, right? Because such a strong emotion, such strong uh, traumatic events that obviously if you just felt them, then you would be overwhelmed all the time, you know? And uh, this modality that I choose to advance myself into um, requires to feel that day again, right? Because it's almost impossible to rewrite your brain's perception of that event. So then the perception will rewrite what you feel towards that event if you don't feel it again, right? If you just ignore it, then it will go into your body. So it's first it's here in your mind. And then it kind of, if you ignore it, it goes into your body. So now your body is helping you. Um, and that's what German medicine explains is how the body is, is helping you. So, and safety, as you mentioned, is one of the first things that I try to give a person when we go through that event again, you're safe. Even if you're going through this again, you are safe to go through. I'm here, uh, I'm here with you and I'll guide you. And, and, you know, it's almost like I'm helping you have the strength to go through it again, but come out of it with a different conclusion instead of the one that you possibly made. You know, for example, I remember I was working with a client who uh, as a child got in a storm and she was very afraid of the storm. (laughs) And uh, we went through it again, just to show her that her perception as a, what, six-year-old of the storm is very different than what she would think of that storm now. Right. And, and we, uh, we worked on showing her, giving her the perception she has now about the storm there when she was six year old, because the brain doesn't know when it's happening. That's why this, the imagining exercises work so well, because the brain doesn't know if it's happening now or it happened 20 years ago. It holds on to that as if it's happening now. So once we change the perception of somebody who is afraid of storms, then the brain can say, ah, okay, so I can't, I can't just I can then stop giving the adrenals the signal to release more stress hormone so she can get out of the stormy situation. Oh, I can stop now. Fine, I'll stop. So then you can feel a, a relief in your body. So that emotion is gone. This is the, the base of my work to do that, to be able to help the clients change their perception of things into what they want to change it, of course. Have you had to give up coffee for health reasons? 
maybe because of the stress it was putting on your adrenals, maybe because it was messing with your sleep, maybe because you felt terrible after drinking it, or maybe because you were told coffee had mold on the beans and you needed to stay away from mold. Well, what if I told you there's an organic, mycotoxin-free, quality coffee that contains reishi spores or Ganoderma lucidum? Ganoderma lucidum helps to modulate your immune system, adapt to stress, balance hormones, and doesn't give you the jitters or shakes like regular coffee used to. Sounds too good to be true, right? It's called King Coffee by the company Organo. And King Coffee came into my life when I was struggling with chronic hives, full body eczema, and mast cell activation syndrome. I hadn't drank coffee in years because it made me feel anxious, shaky, and clammy. So I had no expectations that drinking King Coffee would be any different. However, I decided to give it a try after seeing lots of amazing practitioners talk about the benefits of reishi online. I tried a seven-day sample and the chronic hives were gone by day five. I was in shock. After that, I dove into the research on reishi and found that there are over 3,000 peer-reviewed PubMed clinical trials using reishi Ganoderma as an intervention. The company Organo also has a patent protected on their harvesting process. They double crack open the spore shells, which makes them up to 80% more potent than the body of the reishi, which is usually used in other reishi products. This also makes the spores 90% more bioavailable for your body to use. If you would like to try King Coffee, visit thehealerrevolution.myorganogold.com or for a seven-day trial, you can check out my link tree on my Instagram at Amanda Panacea. Yeah, you pointed out something really powerful that the brain does not know if it's happening now, if it happened 20 years ago, or if it hasn't even happened yet. So the visualizations is, I mean, like seeing your future self manifesting what you want. That's so powerful because the brain thinks that that's reality now. Yes. And that's why hypnosis works. That's why meditation works because you are able to have an image in your mind's eye, right? See, close your eyes and see an image that's relaxing. So then the body receives the, the message to relax. So then you relax. And I wanted to actually do an exercise with you and everybody who's listening, if you, if you want. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure I did this with you too, because all of okay. my clients, I do it with all of my clients just to show the awareness, just to kind of help them become aware of their emotions and feelings, right? The ones that they might be blocking. Um, so it, I say it's an exercise, but I actually like to call it an experience. So let's experience this, right? And whoever is listening, they can actually pause after each example I will bring in um, so they can experience it to the fullest. So let's imagine... Just if you're sitting down, and if you're driving, of course, don't do this. <laughs> or or uh, working on some machinery, also don't do this. <laughs> so if you want, you can close your eyes where you can be with your eyes open and just kind of tune in with yourself, feel yourself, feel, just see how you feel right now, right? And that's, uh, and then imagine that right next to you, to your right, your partner is sitting right next to you, whoever they are. 
and just become aware of that emotion you're experiencing when your partner is sitting next to you. And now your partner is gone somewhere, I don't know, making coffee for you or something. And then now imagine that right next to you, there is a huge snake hissing and become aware of how your body reacts to that. And I know some of you love snakes <laughs> and, uh, so now the snake is gone. And for you, Amanda, imagine that your rabbit is next to you and it's actually touching you. Feel that. And now let's have the rabbit leave. And um, now imagine that right next to you is your job. However you can imagine it, it doesn't really matter. You can make a small picture of place you work or the computer is just the job, your work, your, what you do for work and what you feel towards that part of your life. Become aware of that. And, um, and that's about it. Yeah. I think that's good enough. <laughs> so interesting. When I imagine the snake, I felt like I would just shut down mm -hmm. like not, not the anxiety or not like I got to get out of here. Just, I'm not going to move. <laughs> I'm yes. going to feel nothing <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's real. It's real. That's your body's reaction to the snake. Although the snake is not there, but you could right. feel it. So for some people, I mean, I know at some point I had a partner that I would have reacted with the same reaction that you reacted to the snake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but at that time, I didn't realize that, you know, I wasn't that, I, I just couldn't figure it out that that's how I feel because of this person, you know, and I was just cooking into this, uh, you know, pot of emotions uh, that I just couldn't pinpoint what's causing what, you know? So when the doctor says, I is just stress, what stress, what exactly is stressing you? And this is a great exercise to kind of help yourself see what the doctor means by stress, you know, take all of the major areas in your life, relationships, work, responsibilities, responsibilities is a major, major thing, especially with people with panic attacks, because responsibility feels like they're draining you, right? Especially if there's some things that you don't want to do. So then you just do this one by one and you're imagining it being next to you and how your body reacts to it, not what you think, because what you think can be a little bit different at times. So for example, your body shows clear signs that you hate your job, but your brain says, but if I quit, I'll starve. So then it's going to be your choice. What do you want to do? Do you want to starve and be healthy <laughs> or have adrenal fatigue and, you know, and keep working? So it's, it's everybody's choice in this regard. But then I think what I want to help people do is become aware of this 
Because once you become aware, even that choice seems a little bit different, you know, ah, okay, so this is what's stressing me. Okay, that's fine. Then, you know, I'm, I kind of, I'm able to relax then just by knowing what's stressing you. Yeah. Awareness, always the first step in my opinion as well. And then you can kind of move into those like body-based somatic modalities and some of the like inner work and hypnosis that you do, but you can't, it's hard to do any of it. If you don't, if you're in denial, if you don't want to recognize the patterns and the people and the radical responsibility that you have in all of those situations. Exactly. I see, I see people um, that are doing all of these things physical. So I don't know, supplements and um, cold plunges. <laughs> yeah. And coffee you know, enemas, diets. <laughs> yes. All of them. And they've been doing this for years and they still keep doing it. And um, I, you know, the question is how come, you know, why? And then I can see that I stopped, I, I stopped having to do uh, things for, let's say allergies. Like I, I, I had to stop taking stuff for histamine because I don't have the reactions anymore to that extent. So I would have, let's say, a, a kind of a histamine reaction if I'm going through a normal stressful situation for the time being, but not without a reason, not because I'm eating a cucumber that's a trigger, you know? So um, I think that um, just this, you know, awareness and uh, of mind of how mind works and the fact that you can close your eyes and imagine a snake and have a reaction, you know, it's just has to say a lot about how minds work and about how a lot of this are, don't have an actual reason, you know, like eating a piece of cucumber, just because I saw the, just because I was eating cucumber when I had a reaction, the next time I'm looking at the cucumber, I already know I'm going to have a reaction. I eat it and I'm having a reaction, you know? So I think the awareness is number one. That's how I feel like doing now. If I'm getting into a, a conflict, that's how German new medicine calls them, conflicts, right? If I'm getting into a situation where I'm in a conflict, then I first pay attention to the conflict mentally, what happened, how I'm perceiving this, what am what am I thinking about this situation? And then, if I need, I will take supplements. Like for example, I think uh, for me is water and salt. And the adrenal cocktail is something that I'm still taking, uh, just because I feel I feel like it's supporting my body overall, right? So, but I would have to take ten adrenal. Uh, cocktails if I didn't work on myself, on my mental perceiving of things. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think anything you do to support your own body's natural ability to function, I wouldn't consider that supplements. However, in today's world with toxicity and soil depletion, I think most of us should be on some sort of like salt or mineral and you know, anything that opens up like our drainage pathways and ability to let go of some of these things we're exposed to. I don't consider that like a protocol, 
but I think what you're referring to is people that get stuck, like going to providers, practitioners, and they're on like protocol after protocol after protocol with no improvement and, you know, still diagnosed with Lyme, still diagnosed with like mold illness, Hashimoto's autoimmune, whatever the, the label is, it doesn't improve with just the physical work. Cause there's just so much more to it, whether it's mental, energetic, which I kind of wanted to bring this topic up because it's a little controversial, which we kind of chatted about it already. But I know that German new medicine doesn't believe that like molds can make you sick or, or that Lyme disease is the cause. It's always going to be the conflict, right? Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> That's based on German new medicine. Yes. Right. And yeah. I agree. I agree to it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you get triggered by that, which I know so many people will, and there was definitely a time where I would have been triggered to it as well. Like, how could you say that clearly mold made me sick? Like I am, I've got all the documentation. I've got all the exact symptoms that all the mold doctors talk about. And that really validates like what you're going through and validates your suffering and makes you feel less out of control. Cause when you start to get sick, have panic attacks and, you know, lose control of your body, you, you want to like grasp onto something that lets you feel more in control and learning about toxins and Lyme and mold And, you know, the reasons behind it allows you to have some sort of like roadmap that you can follow now to get better. But along the way, what, what happened for me and what happens time and time again with people I talk to is they start to realize that the, the trauma from childhood in German new medicine, it's called conflicts. Those actually are the real reason that you may have been sensitive or vulnerable in the first place. Yes. Unless of course you're drinking poison then, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> but um... well, with alcohol, I guess I was literally drinking poison at one point, <laughs> but also, right. The alcohol is, um, also has an explanation to why would somebody need alcohol in the first place, mm -hmm. right? What emotion they're trying to suppress, to shut from feeling. Right. Um, so I remember when we did the scan with you, uh, we talked about, cause I was confirming everything on the scan and we talked about where I thought, I don't remember if we talked where I just thought in my head that I definitely, if I went to a doctor a couple of years ago, I would have probably been diagnosed with a lot of chronic, if I went to a different, like not the doctor that I went to, just a regular doctor that did all my regular, uh, but I would have probably been for sure diagnosed with a lot of chronic, you know, like Lyme and, you know, and, and others. And I actually felt slight relief that I didn't go because now I feel so much better. I feel good. Right. But if I went, I put, I would have put a label on it. And I'm not saying that nobody should go, <laughs> people should go, but just be aware that just the label can make you feel in a certain way. Right. So mm -hmm. like one of the things that uh, when I work with people is to work, if they had a diagnosis to work around the time when they heard it around the, the fear um, or whatever emotions they felt and experienced in that moment, because when you hear a diagnosis, it could start another conflict from that moment on. Right. So now you have all the symptoms of Lyme. 
and then they tell you it's Lyme and then it's not, uh, you can't heal Lyme, for example, right? They say you can never heal from Lyme disease. And then now you can, uh, some people can start feeling the conflict of self-devaluation, for example, where they feel like I can't, I'm not able to go on like this or whatever. So now it adds another conflict on top. So clearing that, you know, all the way backwards to whenever it, it could even be. And I'm seeing this picture in my head, clearing back, meaning that we start with what you're feeling now. And then we go to when you received a diagnosis and we clear that. And then we work with uh, the actual symptoms of the, the diagnosis, the emotions of the diagnosis. And then we could even arrive to a generation before you or even two generations before you, you know, like it happened to me in my neck pain. I actually had neck pain since I remember myself. And uh, in session, I realized that my mom had neck pain. So I learned to have neck pain from her. And when I say I learned to have neck pain, I know there's going to be some, oh, what is, you know, what does she mean? I learned to have neck pain. What I mean by that is that I unconsciously or genetically, I am prone to react to situations with the same the same way as my mom. So for example, when she was in a situation where she didn't know what to do, then she would uh, get tension in her neck because that's where the tension would go. So then I have the same, I, I tend to react the same way. So in, te- in session uh, with my therapist, I learned to react in a different way to the same situation. So I don't have to turn on the tension in my neck in order to solve a problem. I can just say, ah, whatever. It's just, it's just a choice I have to, to make between this or that. I don't have to pressure myself in this situation. Fascinating. It it just makes so much sense listening to everything you say. Because I know you liked uh, uh, German new medicine, but you were also skeptic about it, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, I still am like, how could that be the only thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, was all my education a waste? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it kind of makes you feel like, well, what the fuck? Like, I, <laughs> this whole time. And also it it just causes so much like deep thought and you just start to get kind of like, I think that's why you need like somebody to guide you because you just start to think of everything. And a lot of times opening up those wounds and remembering those, the situations that's, it's very hard to do by yourself, especially with like big T traumas. So Highly suggest if you feel like going down that rabbit hole, working with somebody, contact you <laughs> to work with you. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, I guess. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I my rule is kind of like this. Like ten years ago, I was so much into astrology. I still follow it, but not the you know the one that says, "Oh, tomorrow this is what's going to happen to you," but just, you know, like Gemini's and Virgo's and all of this stuff and birth charts too. <laughs> so I, I remember somebody asked me, oh, so you were into astrology? I said, yes. 
and the person says it's bull it's it's not true it's whatever you know baloney and i said on well, how much you know about this and they said well not much and i said well then you can't have an opinion about this right so i when somebody's skeptic i try my best to understand what are they skeptic about because i'm the same way i i am skeptic i know a lot of german new medicine but i'm still skeptic about it you know it's just because if i wasn't skeptic i wouldn't learn i would just accept it as is you know so if i accept it as is and i don't try to understand the how skeptic people think about german new medicine i would never be able to explain it to them right so when you are a skeptic then you can explain it to people and of course throughout studying and uh trying it on myself there were many times i had questions about why this like how come mold is not causing all these symptoms you know and then how come allergies are just not related to the cucumber i'm eating you know and now i'm eating cucumbers and i'm totally fine <laughs> and i'm eating sulfur and i'm totally fine when i thought that sulfur was the worst enemy i've ever had and now i'm actually i need sulfur like i have to replenish for all those years that i didn't eat sulfur you know because it's the third substance in your body abundant abundance wise and i was depleting myself of it and it's it was dangerous but that's what i believed at the time you know that actually brings me to another person who's completely erased allergies i brought this up before dr andrew wile who's like a very cute elderly man now <laughs> but in the 60s he was experimenting with LSD and he was very allergic to cats his whole life and he said that on an LSD trip a cat came up to him and he was like this is stupid i'm not going to be allergic to cats anymore <laughs> and after the LSD trip he was never allergic to cats anymore <laughs> i i think i shared with with uh, with you this before you probably told me the story that um my boyfriend has a funny way of saying like no to things like if i would say hey honey can you help me with the dishes and say nah i'm good nah yeah. i'm good you know so i noticed that that helped me actually in when i started with the symptoms with uh, with like small allergic reactions right i would i would look at it and i would say to myself nah i'm good i don't need this right now with the understanding that the reaction was triggered by a trigger right it, uh, the allergic reaction was triggered by me seeing cucumber and then i'm having that reaction so then i say to my body no i don't need it right now meaning it you know nah i'm good and then when i said nah i'm good it kind of creates a little bit of sense of a humorous you know like i'm not taking it too serious but i mean it get off of me yeah. and then i was shocked completely shocked probably created a conflict right there and then <laughs> but i was completely shocked when i saw the first time it was gone i loved it i loved it and uh i i shared with you and and i made sure to explain it to you that if you think i'm crazy don't use it but if there's a situation where you think you could use this net nah, I'm good feel free to do it <laughs> no i absolutely love it i remember <laughs> using it a lot i kind of forgot about it so thank you for reminding me 
I feel like it should be like a t-shirt. It's, it's just great. Wow. Great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your tagline for sure. (laughs) I'm changing my name on Instagram. (laughs) Nah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I also love learning about like how you turned your, into a business, like what your business model is, what it looks like you know, uh, with a history of the adrenal stress, I know you probably don't have a jam packed schedule and I'm just interested, like what your day-to-day work life looks like now. So I would have a session or two and then the rest of the time I would, uh, I'm still in a, in a very period of time where I'm still learning a lot. Like I could read four books in one week read, listen to them on, on audibles because I'm, I just want this knowledge. You know, I just want to, this imposter syndrome is so big in me, huge. And, um, you know, I'm working on creating this, I call it a panic attack boot camp, where within a month, somebody comes in the boot camp comes to work with me and it was going, it's going to be, it's not, I'm not doing it yet, but I'm working on it right now. Um, And I'm going to have, I'm thinking between five and 10 people because I want to be available for each person as much time as I can only with these people to work with them. Um, And I, I realized that Um, people with panic attack would go through a lot of the symptoms that I've experienced is basically they would have a very similar story to me, to what I went through. So I would be able to tap, to tap onto a lot of things. A lot of people with panic attacks might have allergies or the separation conflict or other things that I want to um, help them work on the panic attacks, on the mental side specifically, but we will work on the rest too, like, like, like eating, like how important it is to eat and not fast for some people, you know? And sometimes I think about this advice of intermittent fasting and it's, it's very important, but they forget to, you know, to add for healthy people, not for people with that are falling apart, you know, and then they do intermittent fasting and they get worse. And um, so I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about sleep and how important it is to sleep good. And also when I hear doctors say, just sleep good, how I'm having panic attacks, how am I going to sleep good? You know, and the things that you could do to actually help yourself have a better night's sleep. So that's how it looks like my work life. Sorry. It went into a little bit more details than I, than you asked. That's awesome. I'm always interested in, in seeing like how people have turned their situation into a profitable business, but also it's like a domino effect of healed people, heal people kind of like hurt people, hurt people. (laughs) So that sounds really awesome. I mean, I know so many people who would be like one month to panic free, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if it's one month to panic free. I'm not giving, (laughs) I'm not giving this promise, but what I can give you for say for sure that I, you will have my commitment that I will teach you what I know 
And I know that applying this teaching is not always easy, right? right? Like I'll tell you, pick up that rabbit because I'm so confident you can. But then this fear that's flooding your body, you know, it's not always easy to overcome. So that's why I want to spend every day. I want to talk to this person that signed up for the program, you know, because therapists, what happened is you would sign up, you would have a session with someone and then not talk to them for the whole week. And then after the session, if you had some kind of breakthrough, then you are on your own to deal with that, you know, and, and being your thoughts with sometimes the healing can be a little bit more uh, complicated, you know, maybe you feel a little bit more down or for example, I was working with someone who um, had a big project and um, the project ended and immediately the next day they were talking about how they feel so down that they're like so sad. And, and we started talking about childhood traumas and everything. <laughs> and only later it hit me that after the big project ends, the dopamine will drop. And if the dopamine drops, you feel all of those emotions, you feel down. So I, I, I communicated this to that person and the person immediately felt better just by understanding this. And that's what I was mentioning earlier uh, today that, um, you know, sometimes just by understanding what's happening, you can feel more relieved. So I, uh, that's, I think it's important to, for me to be always there so we can see what, you know, this awareness, look, you're had the breakthrough. Now you're healing. And then after the healing, you can go into planning stuff, but then if you're doing too much, you're going to crash. So let's be careful about that and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's really important. And I think a lot of people are maybe not doing everyday sessions. That's, that's a lot of support. So I congratulate you for that, <laughs> but no, no, not sessions. Support. Oh, okay. Support. <laughs> okay. Text, phone call. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof, not well, sessions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a really wow. intense program. <laughs> um, I, like what I use is Voxer and I know a lot of people use that app too. Cause you can leave like voice memos and it's just so much more like personable to, to be able to offer that to people instead of just, all right, see you next month. Don't, right. con don't contact me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> don't DM me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions that I love asking people as well is what has been your biggest life lesson? And then also your biggest like win or thing that you're proud of the most. Wow. You should have <laughs> asked me a week ago so I could have prepared myself for the biggest life lesson. I know, right? <laughs> well, I guess this is it. I, I think that my biggest life lesson was my panic attacks. And I'm saying this, I know that people who are still experiencing panic attacks are like, no, this is not a lesson. But for me, just because I'm on the other side now, right, of the, of the panics where I can control them to a point where I don't experience them anymore, right? Then I can say from here that that was when my life was split in before and after. And um, I think this was a lesson for me to really redirect everything about my life, everything about who I was and 
how I was living my life. And, and I think, you know, and, and I think this is hard for some people that are still experiencing the panic attacks to say, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah, this is, this is also my life lesson, you know, my favorite one. <laughs> it happened just in the morning. But if you are able to heal and, and be where I am now, right, or even better, then you will look back and you'll you'll probably agree with me that this this is this was a, a blessing in disguise. Biggest win. So I could also tie it to the panic attacks. Yeah. <laughs> that was I'm finding one. most people are answering that question with the exact same situation. <laughs> so right. <laughs> well, this kind of could have a mental trick here. So I, I want to explain this. I know we're going a little bit over time, but I want to say this because it happened recently and I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought a racket for tennis because I decided to uh, learn tennis and within a couple of months to become very good. Like I'm challenging myself to this. And um, the tennis racket has light purple, like kind of like very bright purple colors, some white, a little bit of a yellow and the handle is black. So I saw it and I fell in love with it. And I said, that's it. I'm buying it, you know? And today, actually in the morning, I went to try, you know, to try it on because I bought it yesterday and I'm walking and the racket is in front of me. And I see that my shoes are matching colors with the racket. So I thought, hmm, I wore the same shoes yesterday. Nike's very bright. My boyfriend hated them. (laughs) I kept them and I love them. And uh, I I realized that the shoes actually um, kind of controlled or manipulated the color of the racket. So by me answering panic attacks to the first question, because that was available, that memory was available in my mind, uh, and it, it was fitting to the answer to the second question, I answered that with the same question. So this is what happens in people's minds when they answer with the same answer to both questions, probably. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to buy a dress or whatever, you know, new, make sure you're aware of what you're wearing now. (laughs) So you don't, don't manipulate yourself into buying. Well, don't you think you just like those colors? No. (laughs) <laughs> because because these are the first ever shoes and items that I have in that colors in that combination of colors it's too bright for me I'm usually oh. very like nudes and this kind of green and black I, lo- I have a lot of black and white you know but not that not that very colorful bright interesting <laughs> <laughs> but I love it now now I love it of course that's fascinating <laughs> All right. Do you want to let everyone know where to find you? Yes. So on Instagram and on my website and on your uh, podcast everywhere on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. What is your website? It's oksanakolibnik.com. Can you spell it for everyone just in case? (laughs) Yes. It's O-X-A-N-A-C as in cat, O-L-I-B-N-I-C.com. Perfect. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, No. All right. That would be it. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a really interesting conversation and I love your mind. We could probably talk for more hours upon hours. So maybe you'll be back for another one. Wow. Thank you. I definitely <laughs> appreciate you having me on the podcast and giving me this space to talk about things that are interesting to me and share. And thank you everyone for listening. All right. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. EMFs, electrosmog, and geopathic stress are an increasing problem in today's world. As someone who lives in a major city, one of the ways that I help lessen this kind of stress on my body is with a Soma Vedic. Soma Vedic is designed on the principles of controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones and metals such as platinum, palladium, gold, and silver. This creates a coherent field more than 2,800 square feet. It's an Eastern approach to wellness combined with Western frequency therapy technology, and this puts Soma Vedic in a very unique device category all on its own. It helps with mitigating negative effects of EMF radiation, including 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi, geopathic stress, Curry and Hartman lines, oxidative stress, and free radicals. Soma Vedic also structures water and changes it into mountain quality spring water that is natural to our bodies and cells. It can structure and harmonize any tap water or bottled water. It provides water in its most natural state, just like nature intended. And you can harness the benefit just by placing your water jug next to Soma Vedic. You can check out somavedic.com and for 10% off, you can use my code panacea P-A-N-A-C-E-A. 